ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கி அண்ட் இன் திஸ் எபிசோட் விலிசன் டு அ மெசேஜ் ஆஃப் வார்னிங் ஆஸ் டெபிக்டட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு நைன்டி செவன் பெண்ட் அபவுட் த வேலிர் கிங் அதியமான் நெடுமான் அஞ்சி பை த போயட் அவ்வையார் set in the category of padantinai or king's praise the verse paints a vivid picture of the prowess of this king in a battlefield porku urai pugandru kalitha vaal udandravar kaapudai madil alithalin oonura moolgi uru ilandanave vele kurumbu adainda aran kadandu avar narum kallin naadu naithalin சுரை தழிய இருங்காளொடு மடை கலங்கி நிலை திரிந்தனவே களிரே எழுவூ தாங்கிய கதவம் மலைத்து அவர் குழுவூ களிற்று குறும்பு உடைத்தலின் பருவூ பிணிய தொடி கழிந்தனவே மாவே பறந்து ஒருங்கு மலைந்த மரவர் பொலம் பைந்தார் கெடப்பறிதலின் களன் உழந்து அசைய மறு குழம்பினவே அவன்தானும் நிலம் திரைக்கும் கடல் தானை பொலந்தும்பை களல் பாண்டில் கனைபொருத துளைத்தோழன்னே ஆயிடை உடன்றோர் உய்தல் யாவது தடந்தால் பிணிக்கதிர் நெல்லின் செம்மல் மூதூர் நுமக்கு உரித்தாகல் வேண்டின் சென்று அவர்க்கு இருக்கல் வேண்டும் திரையே மறுப்பின் ஒல்வானல்லன் வெல்போரான் எனச் சொல்லவும் தேரீராயின் மெல்லியல் களல்கனி வகுத்த துணைச்சில்லோதி குறுந்தொடி மகளிர் தோல்விடல் இரும்போது அன்று அஃது அறிந்து ஆடுமினே a long song that goes to show that avvayar was adept not only at crisp and intricate verses but even at the detailed ones the poet's words can be translated as follows swords drawn out from their sheaths desiring a battle in destroying the well-guarded forts of enemies sank into flesh and lost their fine form spears crossing over the fortresses of opponents in ruining their country renowned for its fragrant toddy losing the nails that bridge long stems to spear edges became dislocated elephants dashing against four doors bolted with crossbars and breaking the resistance of elephant herds guarding enemy forts lost the ornamental bangles on their tusks horses spreading around leaping all over the battlefield and ruining golden garlands of enemy soldiers stained their hooves red as for him with an army as huge as an ocean that encompasses all land wearing a garland of tumbai flowers he holds a shield which is shaped like an anklet and a bowl and ends up stitched with arrows many considering all this how can his enemies ever escape from him so i say unto you if you need to hold on to your ancient and famous towns filled with prosperous paddy having tangled roots and curving stems as your own you need to go and render unto him the due taxes if you refuse he will not accede to your stance that conqueror of battles even after this if you do not change your ways then there will be nothing surprising in the outcome that you shall part away from the fine shoulders of your gentle women who wear small bangles and have short bunches of hair separated and rolled with seed like jewels many and so know this and then wage your war let's explore the images presented herein 
The poet narrates about the state of swords, spears, elephants, horses and the king himself at the end of a war with his enemies. In an extension to a previous song where she talks about how bent and out of shape Adhyaman's spears are to alarm an adversary of his here, the poet talks about how the swords have lost their shine dipping into the flesh of enemies, spears have lost their nails and their form. From inanimate objects, she then turns to battle animals and talks about how wild elephants in the king's army in their ceaseless attack of enemy forts have lost the well-fitted ornaments on their tusks, whereas his horses in their running around the battlefield have got their hooves coated with the red of enemy blood. As the final image in this sequence of war shots, the poet zooms on to the king who is standing there tall and proud, a shield in his hand, stitched with the flying arrows of opponents. Given all these realities from his past battles, could there even be a slim chance for his enemies to escape unscathed, the poet asks, with an implicit and vehement no. Then she turns to the people whom she has been saying all this and says that if they want to hold on to their fertile and ancient towns, then they need to go pay their taxes to King Adiyaman. She adds that they must do this because the king is not someone who will accept their refusal to render his due. Then she looks at them and says, even after all this, if they do not understand the intensity of the situation, then the obvious outcome was for them to depart forever from the loving arms of their maiden. In describing the women in this enemy country, the poet lets us peer into their sense of fashion and gives specific details about the way these women used to part their hair into bunches and roll them with seed-shaped jewels. An ancient equivalent of rollers, women use even now to add bounds and curls to their hairdo. Returning to the verse, we find the poet parting with a final shot to these enemies that they need to fully take in all this and then raise their spears against King Adiyaman. The poet continues in a role of averting wars by extolling the skill of this king in battle. She paints the king as an impossible person to defeat and makes the listening enemies think their idea to wage war against him is a futile and fatal exercise. Looking back from the present, even if she succeeded once or twice in avoiding such battles from happening, imagine the number of lives saved, not only human but also elephants and horses. Here's wishing more power to people like her today, the diplomats of peace in their mission to save lives and change the course of history forever. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandinikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri Vanakkam.